it is the grit that sustains a lot of the long-term success. People look at people like Michael Phelps and they say, well, he's got God-given talent. Yes, I mean, he's got a wingspan of an abatross and he's like, you know, built like a perfect swimmer could be. But if he doesn't spend the seven hours a day in a pool every day from when he's nine to when he's 22, he doesn't win what he wins. Mm -hmm. He's winning because of his grit and his tenacity. He's winning because of his competitiveness and because he is the one that's patient enough to overcome the tough days in the pool. I think a lot of people have a hard time coming up short. And when people come up short time and time again, it's easier to say, I don't have the God-given talent than it is to say, I'm going to try to persevere through this. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Hello, Ben. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Um, talking today about grit and maybe also known as resilience and perseverance and I fill in any number of fortitude. synonyms in Fortitude, yep. Um, hot topic. I feel like a lot of people are talking about mm -hmm. it. Um, a lot of people are writing about it. Um, and I know, including yourself, I know that there's a chapter in Ch Chasing Excellence about grit. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to sort of just get a sense from you on what grit is in your mind or resilience or whatever that word is um, and how you, how you identify it and how you can sort of cultivate it. Because um, I think that it's something that a lot of people – uh, in theory, would love to have more of, but it's one of those things that is, there's not a clear roadmap as to how do I get from where I am to where I'd like to be. Yeah. So grit to me is essentially like stick to mm -hmm. right? It's just like um, the Winston Churchill quote is success is moving from failure to failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Mm. It's essentially that. I like that. But here's what I would counter what you said is people aspire to it. I don't think they aspire to that at all. Yeah, I think people try to avoid failures and failures and failures. I think what people aspire to is talent. Mm. And if you talked to a, a handful of college-age students and you said, who would you rather be? Would you rather be the athlete that barely has to practice, walks in and hits 75% of his three-point shots, has crazy leaping ability and looks like they're the most God-given, talented person on the team? Or would you rather be a person that works for everything that they have, needs to be the first person at practice and the last to leave, you're the person that dives for every loose ball and you're the defensive player, you're the most valuable defensive player? Nine out of 10 are gonna pick the stud, yeah. the God-given talent. But that doesn't usually lead to long-term success. Mm -hmm. What that leads to is the studs in high school, right? And that's yep. what happens is these yeah, kids exactly. come up with God-given talent. They do really well. They thrive for a short period of time. Yeah. And then when they get to the next level, well, guess what? I don't know what that next level is either. I don't know if it's the AAU team or if it's the college team division one or it's the pros. Or But once they get to that next level and they're on the level playing field with other people that are talented, and that's what happens as you rise – all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, where'd my special gift go? Because it's gone. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a rarer person that aspires to be the hardest worker in the room. 
that aspires to, I don't care how many times I get knocked down, I'm not slowing down. I don't care if I don't make these shots, I'm still going. And that's kind of the story of like Kobe Bryant. I mean, yeah, I, that's I, exactly what I was thinking about. Kobe Bryant, his rookie year came up out of high school, is a starter on the Lakers, and his first playoff series, game seven, he takes the final winning shot and airballs it. Well, the team steals the ball and he gets another shot. He drives down the floor and takes another game-winning shot and airballs that one. <laughs> then takes another shot and in one minute airballed three potential game-winning shots. Missed them all and the team went home season over. Yep. Now, someone without grit looks at that and says, maybe I don't have the talent to compete here. But people that know the story of Kobe Bryant, and I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan as a yeah. person, but as a player, it's a phenomenal story. I mean, it's amazing. He is one of the grittiest players out there, super competitive. He doesn't believe there's such a thing as failure, which I love and I aspire to as well. It's either they, they he was asked, what's, what's the biggest failure you've had to overcome in your career? He didn't name that. He didn't name his injuries. He didn't name anything. And he had potentially career-ending uh, Achilles injuries that most people have to retire from, came back from that. It's either you win or you learn. And he learns from every one of these potential, what other people would call shortfalls, mistakes, or failures. Mm -hmm. So it is the grit that sustains a lot of the long-term success. People look at people like Michael Phelps and they say, well, he's got God-given talent. Yes, I mean, he's got a wingspan of an abatross and he's like, you know, built like a perfect swimmer could be. But if he doesn't spend the seven hours a day in a pool, Every day from when he's nine to when he's 22, he doesn't win what he wins. Mm -hmm. He's winning because of his grit and his tenacity. He's winning because of his competitiveness and because he is the one that's patient enough to overcome the tough days in the pool. I think a lot of people have a hard time coming up short. And when people come up short time and time again, it's easier to say, I don't have the God-given talent than it is to say, I'm going to try to persevere through this. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, there was a cartoon, um, which I think about a lot. There's a cartoon I saw years ago, and it's um, this guy digging a tunnel with a, a pickaxe, and he's in this tunnel, <clears throat> and he's trying to, he, he's trying to dig for a treasure, and he's a quarter of an inch away from the treasure and he quits. Because hmm. he can't see that he's a you can't see. You don't, you know, people don't know how close they are. It might be that one extra rep. It might be that one extra day. It might be that one extra ounce of effort. It might be that one more failure and then you bust through. It's, you know, Thomas Edison, people look at him like, oh my God, a genius that created the light bulb. Thomas Edison, I'm going to get the number wrong, but I believe he tried in the tens of thousands of filaments before he found the right one for the light bulb. It wasn't that he was smarter than everyone. He just tried harder than everybody. He tried everything from the, one of the things he tried was a hair from the beard of one of his assistants. <laughs> Literally tried everything. Yeah. And that's grit. That's tenacity. That's getting after it. That's stick-to-itiveness. That's, I don't care how many times I fail, I'm going to try my best to create this thing called light and electricity. Mm -hmm. So 
All right. So that was a lot. Um, <laughs> the thing that popped in my head, and it's because it just happened, I, I, I spent some time with um, my wife's family last night, and uh, they have a son. He's 13 years old, really good baseball player, um, but he's 13. So he's got a, you know, a long way to go. And all around their house, they have this, this piece of paper. They taped everywhere that says, picture of him playing baseball. And it's, it has the quote that... Um, Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Love it. Right? Yep. So one, I just thought that was cool and that was impressive. And and uh I certainly at 13 was not thinking about that. So what I'm what what I'm curious about is how do you how do you then go about teaching this idea of, you know, like you said before, like a lot of people yep. aren't aspiring to grit, which I think I agree with now. Um, they're aspiring to have talent yeah. in the hopes that talent gets them where they want to go. So if you were to work with a teenager, um, just as a as a sort of a, a simple example of like, how do you begin to to drive home that um, that notion of it's not about talent? You reward effort, not results. And that's period. That's the whole way you do it. If you're working and busting your ass, if you're trying really hard, that's what we're looking for. It's Ted Williams. Ted Williams, they say, is the most natural hitter in, in the history of baseball. He was the best hitter. He could like, to a point where he could smell the bat after a hit. Hmm. He'd be like, that's what, he would literally say like, I just love the smell of the wood after a hit. Hmm. It's like, what? <laughs> like, there's a smell? Yeah. And people are like, oh my gosh, he's just a, he was born to play baseball. Yep. What people don't realize is one of the things Ted Williams did, there's a reporter that came in and said, you know, you have this God-given talent, you know, what do you attribute that to? Or how, you know, how do you, um, how do you, um, basically is some, some question about where did he get this God-given talent? Mm-hmm. And he was offended, yeah. offended. And he said, come with me. And he brought him down in his basement and he turned, brought him down, dingy basement, flipped on the lights. And it was like a beautiful mind type thing. He flipped on the lights and all over the walls, were hash marks, everywhere hash marks. And he said, every time I came down the basement and practiced 50 swings, I would make a hash mark. Mm-hmm. Hitting a tee, not a pitcher, not a baseball, refining my swings. And there's thousands of these hash marks. And the guy got it. It's not about the talent. It's about busting your ass. So in terms of the way you teach it, you reward talent. I'm sorry, you reward. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird, right? You reward the effort, not the results. Okay. And this is John Wooden type stuff, right? It's, I don't care what the scoreboard is. I want to see you doing things the right way with, with a lot of effort. If you're busting your ass in school, working so, so hard, doing everything you can, including extra credit, seeking out all the help and going above and beyond, and you get a B minus, I love you. Good job. You did a great job. Some people aren't naturally gifted in arts or sciences or maths or English. If they're working as hard as they can and that's where their limit is, cool. Yep. Now, the opposite of that is was my brother. My brother, incredibly gifted at math. My parents had a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up with a growth mindset. That's the difference we're talking about here. Yeah. My, I grew up in a household where it was a fixed mindset in certain respects and others it wasn't. In school, it was either you're smart or you're not. Yep. And I was not... And it was okay that I didn't get good grades. And my brother was smart, so he was expected to get good grades. But here's the thing. As long as he got good grades, it didn't matter how hard he worked. As long as he got on the honor roll, my parents literally said to him, 
If you get on the honor roll, because they were fighting with him all the time about working. If you get on the honor roll, we will not talk to you again about how many video games you're playing. Hmm. He got on the honor roll, stayed on the honor roll, and never, ever worked in high school. Yeah. Because he's gifted. Yeah. Well, that's- He, he knew the minimum that he had to do. Yeah. Yep. This is the bare minimum. So what are you teaching for long-term success? You're teaching that if you can just get by on your talent, you're okay. Well, that's the opposite of grit. It would be better like, hey, you're gifted at this. What we need to do is put you in some advanced things Mm. or challenge you in another way or get you some other way where you're being challenged constantly. That challenge constantly is the overload principle, which that's what creates growth. That's what creates fortitude. So when it comes up in real life where you're challenged outside of school, right? Then you have the grit. You have the ability to overcome these things. So the way you... Teach it in young kids, or I get this question a lot about, um, you know, or CrossFit athletes or your employees or whatever it is, is have own par- your own paradigm shift where you are rewarding uh, effort, have a growth mindset where people can learn these things, not a fixed mindset, and then just reinforce, reinforce the effort they're putting in, not the end results. Do you want to maybe talk about what um, <clears throat> growth and fixed mindsets are? So um, it's because they're yeah we throw it out a lot, but if you haven't read mindset, then yeah, it's, it's simple. And it's uh, there's a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, but it's been um, it's been so like kind of yeah popularized that it's just a common term now. Um, a fixed mindset is you're born with it. Yeah. It's you are born with innate talents. Your DNA was set up through your genetics for to create you a certain way which is you are artistic or you um, struggle in math or you are um, fast and powerful or you um, are a good public speaker. And it assumes that what you have is who you are and that's what you're going to be. Where a um, um, growth mindset, mindset, thank you. Where a growth mindset says those, you might've been dealt a certain deck of cards, but you get to play the game. And if you play the game well, you can get much better cards. It's not about what you're dealt with is what you're stuck with forever. Mm-hmm. If you're not a good public speaker, you can learn to be a good public speaker. If you're not a good speller, you can learn to be a good speller. If you're not good with names, you can be learned to be good with names. If you're not, if you don't have good endurance, you can learn to have good endurance. And the examples of this are everywhere, yeah. right? It's like insane. There are pictures of people, people think that art is like in a born with it thing or singing talent is a born with it thing. There are examples. I think it's in the book mindset. I can't remember where I saw it, but I think it was in the book mindset of um, these people when they, they come to this, they're doing a um, growth mindset experiment. They come and they say, do a self portrait mm-hmm. and they draw themselves and it looks like yeah. my five-year-old would draw it. You know, it's like the <laughs> yeah. weird kind of rectangly yeah. eyes and um, really poor drawings. They take drawing lessons for 48 hours, you guys pull, you gotta pull this up on online. That for like 48 or 72 hours, they took two or three days of intensive drawing lessons. And afterwards, it looks like legit, like artist renderings. Yeah. They are incredible. It's like, that's one of the most intuitive, like if you talk about like artistic, like people think that you're born artistic. You learn to draw. Mm-hmm. What happens is people show these bright spots, these like abilities as a young age, and we label kids. Oh my gosh, this kid's so talented. He's going to go to the NHL. Yep. Well, 
it's usually not what you're born with. It's the opportunities that are presented to you. Mm. And what we find through books like Malcolm Gladwell stuff, like Outliers, is that it's not the God-given talent. It's that these kids all have birthdays <laughs> later on. So at age five, they're almost a year older than their ca- counterparts. Mm-hmm. At a year older, age five is 20% more growth. Yeah. They're just... They have different birthdays because they have different birthdays. They look like they're more talented, bigger, stronger, faster. So because of that, they get in the advanced programs with better coaches, better teams, more ice time, and shocker, they become better. It's not about the God-given fixed stuff. It's about what we can grow into. And grit is essentially the recognition that I have the ability to do this, and I'm not going to stop if I fail. Mm -hmm. It's basically... I get knocked down, I didn't succeed. I get knocked down, I didn't succeed. I get knocked down, I didn't succeed. So what? Mm -hmm. I'm still going with the same level of passion and enthusiasm through the whole thing. Yeah. One of the things that really stuck out to me when I read uh, Mindset was the, you know, for the people who are, you know, called or considered talented, especially young kids, they get to the point where if they're presented with an opportunity where they they can disprove that they're talented, for example, like if you've always been called a good artist and now you're presented with a chance to, you know, prove or disprove that that they'll they'll play it safe because they don't want to tell themselves a they don't want to tell themselves a different story than the one that they've been told. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. it's that same idea of like of I don't want to risk this because I might fail. And if I fail, I'm not the thing that everybody keeps saying that I am. Yeah. And, that, but, and that's how I've defined myself. I'm an artist. And if I prove that I'm not an artist today, yeah. then what They're am not I? not to take risks. Exactly. So it's that same idea of, of growth versus fixed. You know, you said, um, like, how do you teach it? Another way to teach it is um, another example of what I was saying about the effort is they did another experiment where they took, I love, I reference this with my coaches all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they took. They had a group, two groups of students, equal abilities, take this standardized test. And when they handed the test back to one group, they said, nice job on this. You're really smart. Fixed. Mm-hmm. I am or I'm not. Yep. Another group, they handed back to them and said, nice job on this. You worked really hard. They then had those two groups take another test again, which was two grade levels above where they were. When they had, and by the way, both those groups got about the same scores. Mm-hmm. When they retook the test again, the ones that thought they were really smart, to your point, mm-hmm. failed miserably. The ones that thought that they were, worked really hard sat and grit and grinded through the test and scored so much better. Now, this has huge implications. We're all going to face challenges in our lives. If it's not in school, it's somewhere else. Yeah. You're, you're, you get a call at two in the morning that your mom is really sick. Like, how are you going to deal with that? Are you going to crumble or are you going to be like, I can work through this? Mm-hmm. And if you're the person that thinks that you're, it's God-given talent and now there's a challenge ahead of you, mm-hmm. you're going to crumble. Yeah. Or something that's above your pay grade at your job, something that you don't understand. Well, if I'm supposed to be smart, I'm supposed to be smart. I don't understand this. Yeah. Oh my God, there goes my whole identity. Yeah. Whereas if it's I work hard, I work hard, I work hard. Now there's something that's hard to accomplish. Well, guess what? Buckle up because you're going yeah. you're gonna to sit and grind through that thing. Yeah. Where, um, how do you see the pursuit of grit on like a, whoa. Just knocked over there. <laughs> That's, this is like episode whatever. That's the first time I've done That's that. True. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think it's episode 28. <laughs> there we go. Um, that is pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> how do you see, how do you see the pursuit of grit happening on a daily basis? Like, 
I can see it in the, oh, I'm presented with a challenge and now I've got to figure out how to, but how do you develop it on a, on a daily basis? I mean, is it, is, is it, I mean, not simple, but is it simply looking for the places where you're presented with an, with an option or an opportunity to, you know, choose the difficult path or like, how do you, how do you make it so that it's not so conceptual and not so like up in the air? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, or how do you here's, do it with an athlete? Maybe that. Yeah. Here's what I would say is everyone in our community that's listening to this, the, it's called chasing excellence, right? We're going to have a certain group of people that are listening to this, like-minded people. Yep. Most of us are looking for betterments and most of us are goal oriented. Most of us are trying to do things that challenge ourselves. Well, if we're setting ourselves up for a goal, if those goals are lofty enough and they should be, it's not gonna be sunshine and rainbows trying to accomplish it. So let's say our goal is we wanna we wanna lose 10 pounds. We want to run a sub three hour marathon. We want to, whatever it is. Well, I know what day one, two, and three, and most of the time week one is gonna look like for people. What's week two look like? Mm-hmm. When something gets in your way. So if you're trying to lose 10 pounds, right? And... um you're chugging along, you know, after seven, eight days, you've lost three pounds. You're feeling pretty good. Then that next day comes where something really derails you. Um, you, a surprise birthday party and you end up having cake and stuff like that. Well, do you, do you then say like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to make it. Or even worse, let's say you're setting up, you're trying to achieve a 10 pound goal and after a week where you've lost a couple of pounds, then day four and five, you're still being good, mm-hmm. really good, but the scale tells you a different story. Yeah. And you gain it all back somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do you say? You'd be like, wow, screw it. Like, I, so I've been working I'll, so hard yeah. and it's not, I'm not even, I'm not any closer than I, where I was. Yep. Well, that's the yeah. exact ex- opposite of grit. What grit says is, I don't care if the results are coming or not. I'm still going. Mm-hmm. I'm following the process. I have the fortitude to stick to this thing, regardless of where it's coming. Or, I mean, we could, we could pick any example. You're, you um, you want to become a better public speaker and uh, the, your first one does not go well. And your second one does not go well. And your third one does not go well. Well, you're like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm just going to avoid public speaking. Or do you stick with it and push through it? It's going to be, you know, or you're not good in front of a camera or you're not good at writing or you can't do a muscle up or fill in the dot, anything you want. It's a matter of when the results aren't coming, what's the story you're telling yourself and what are your actions following those up? Mm -hmm. Love it. Let's wrap it up there. Cool. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.